Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January the 11th, 2021. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we're continuing our study in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 28, and reading the third paragraph, The Distinguished American Psychologist. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Mar G, 12 Traditions, Russ M, and readers of the text, Vanita L, Lisa B, Marcella M. And the reference number for Sunday, January the 10th, Special Edition, is 16166. OA Preamble. All readers Lynn, anonymous. It's, it's Nina R. I'm reading the traditions. Okay, but I didn't hear you check in. Thank you, Nina. I, Got I, you now. I do. Okay. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marge. Good morning. Thank you so much. This is Marge E. from Massachusetts, and I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all, all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you, Marge. And Nina R. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Nina. Good morning, and sorry for the misunderstanding. I thought I thought we we, we um, connected. Um, thanks for letting me be of service. Uh, my name is Nina R. from New York. New York. I'm an anorexic and bulimic. Uh, the twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of monies, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity as the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Every money loves to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Nina. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study in the big book on the chapter, There is a Solution, page 28, the third paragraph, The Distinguished American Psychologist. 
And Pete B., could you read for us, please? Yes, thank you, moderator. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy and appreciate the opportunity to be of service. The distinguished American psychologist, William James, in his book, Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. So that's uh, that's uh, that's great. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to uh, to share to speak on this uh, this brief paragraph and um, you know varieties of religious experience and and, and you know what this what this paragraph says to me is that I have to remember that there is no dictated surefire method of connecting me to this power. What I have to know is that there is a power. I must surrender to that power and I must adopt the practice that is going to provide me with this spiritual experience that I so desperately need that the creator, the power that I must tap into is all inclusive, never exclusive. And I have to find a way to access it. Now I have to remember that I can't that that it's not up to me to determine that you know the practice that I practice is the only way to get there, right? And then if I just break it down enough and if I understand all of the details and all of the particulars and exactly how to do it, that that's going to provide the method, uh, that that's going to provide the access that I so desperately need. Um, there are many, many ways, right? There are many, many ways. What the book says is that I have to have a spiritual experience. And then it lays out one, these 12 steps, that according to my understanding are 100% successful in providing that access. As long as I'm using these steps and using this program for what it is designed to provide, right? Um, this is not a, you know, it says our book later on says that if a mere code of morals or better philosophy of life was sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have overcome it long ago, right? So that means that this code of morals, that these 12 steps, if, you know, you know, if, I, just, if I just learned to manage things well, if I just learned to, you know, manage my emotions well, if I just learned to manage my food well, well, that doesn't necessarily spell out the vital and necessary spiritual experience, right? There are many ways to the creator, and, and I encourage everybody to explore them. What I know for certain is that these 12 steps, this practice, will absolutely provide the vital, the vital spiritual experience that's necessary in order to arrive at a recovered state. So why not, why not choose this one? You know, from my personal experience, that, you know, the, the incorporation of these 12 steps, the aligning of my will with God's will has delivered me to a state of being recovered. 
and it is an unbelievable, uh, desirable state. I encourage those that aren't there to get there, and I encourage those that are there to stay there and to continue to build upon uh, what, what we're doing here by carrying this message and self-sacrifice and, and, uh, and work with others. So that's my take on the paragraph, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you for getting us started, PC. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Rick J. Claire E. from the UK. Katie B. Okay, so far I heard Rick J, Claire E, Katie B. Anyone else? Tom A. Katie G. Colleen M. Okay, was that Colleen M? Yes. Great. Okay, here's our lineup. We have Rick J, Claire E. Katie B, Tom A, Katie G, and Colleen M. Good morning, Rick. Please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, good to hear your voice this morning. Uh, good to be here with everybody. My name is Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. And this paragraph really speaks to me in a way that. Uh, you know, shifted my thinking completely. And when I when I read these words, um, you know, the uh, for whom we form a relationship upon simple and understanding terms with the living Creator. This this living Creator for me um, is is a, my higher power. <clears throat> I'm connected to this higher power with whom I have formed a relationship upon simple and understandable terms once I was willing and honest enough to try. And it took me a while to get there. It really did. Um, I love that, um, you know, on the previous pages, we, you know, we are reading uh, that uh, we are beyond human aid. And we read again, there's no return through human aid. And there is a solution, and it's to accept spiritual help. And I'm, I know for me that I cannot accept help from someone that I don't trust and I don't have a relationship with. And that's what I'm really doing here one day at a time with your help is to continue to, um, to grow and understand this relationship, this connection with a higher power. So if, if I'm willing and honest enough to try and to keep trying and to understand that this is my only solution, even though I've been absent a while now, that uh, I'm certainly not cured. And I don't have to label this in any other way other than that I have this connection now. And that is the solution. 
is this relationship. And as Pete just pointed out, you know, this, they, they lay out this path for this connection to a higher power. And that's the solution. So if I'm truly powerless, then I need a power greater than me. And all the different words that they use in here, and we see a lot of different words um, that I just keep translating back. To me, it's just a higher power. It doesn't have to be anything other than that for me. And to know that this connection to this higher power, this spiritual help, the spiritual aid that I'm needing to get recovered is the only way. Um, and the steps are or the path. That's the connection. And it's just for today. But it's um, a beautiful thing to know that, uh, that this higher power, this creator has entered into my heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. This higher power has truly commenced to accomplish those things for us and me, which we can never do by ourselves. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. Claire E., it's your turn, followed by Katie B. Good morning, Claire. Hi, everyone. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Thank you so much to those that are doing service today. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at this paragraph and thinking what an amazingly inclusive and permissive paragraph that is um, in terms of where you're at and, and where you're starting. Um, you know, all of us, whatever our race, creed or colour, um, are um, able to start this relationship with a higher power if we're willing and honest enough to try. And building on the paragraph from before, you know, I was willing and honest enough to try because I was seeking the same escape with the desperation of a drowning man. I, I um, didn't really believe in God. I didn't really think I ever would. Um, but I was so desperate around my food, I had no solution. And I could see that this program worked in other people and I was willing and honest enough to give that a go because I had no better ideas, to be honest. Um, and I guess what popped into my head as it was read was um, that I have a cousin actually who's got um, a bit of an alcohol and drug problem and, and he, he's, um, he's managed to sober up without the fellowship, you know, he's managed to just do it. Um, and, you know, it really rankled with me because, um, you know, from my own experience, I, I couldn't do that. Um, but, you know, it just, just shows me that, you know, we don't have a, we, we don't have, there is no one way that faith can be acquired. I have a way that's worked for me, and that's the 12 steps. You know, that's the recipe that I've used to access the power that I need to keep myself from eating. But, you know, that's, that's not the only way um, for some people. Um, but it's just very good for me to be humbled and know that, you know, although I found a solution and I can really pass that message on to anyone who's open to hear it, that I'm allowing everyone to have their own path with this. Um, and I can have real respect for everybody's process. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to share on was the relationship, you know, and it's really been outlined to me and I've really learned, you know, that a relationship is something that you start from not knowing the other person. You start from not knowing them and you build it up by getting to know them, by getting, spending time with them, by doing stuff together, by giving, by receiving, by listening, by speaking, to really learn to recognize their voice and their work in your life. And um, the more I do that, the more I consciously bring that relationship with my higher power into my days, the better my days go. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Claire E. Katie B, it's your turn, followed by Tom A. Please go ahead, Katie. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. 
Hi, my name is Katie B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I felt compelled to share this morning because, number one, I, I did find my recovery through this book, and I'm so grateful, right? But number two, I still bristle at certain words in the book. And I wanted to share that because I think that stood in the way of me becoming recovered for a long time. And the words that I don't like or that I bristle at, right, initially in this paragraph are, you know, that we're the children. Um, and that's because for me, I, I was angry about my childhood. I was very resentful towards my parents for a long time. And I didn't like the concept of being a child of anybody. I, w I was very resistant to that. Um, I had a lot of resentments towards my parents for a very long time. Um, and, I, and I didn't like the idea of being a child of God. I, I wanted to be my own person, my own woman, LaBelle. Um, and I was like a 40-year-old angry teenager. And, um, and I like that um, beyond just the part about being a ch you know, the children part, I was able to focus on the being um, willing and honest. And that's really all we need. And so even though um, I bristle at the word children, right, I, I was willing and honest. Um, and that's how I became recovered because I was able to develop a relationship with God. And I don't have to love every single word in this book um, to know that the book works and the book helped me be recovered and helped me take the steps. And now I do have my own relationship with my higher power. Um, and I, I can do that in a way that works for me and that I can rely on God. And um, I just sort of wanted to say that. If there's any little pieces of the book that you don't like, you know, I'm, I was there too. I was there too. And, and at the same time, the book has been my answer and has been my freedom and has been my relief. Um, and, uh, and I hope it can be for everybody. And uh, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie B. Tom A., it's your turn, followed by Katie G. Good morning, Tom. Uh, thanks. This is uh, Tom, a recovering compulsive beater. Thanks for the service and for the meeting. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, think this is a really important paragraph, and, and I sort of wonder about the last sentence. There is no friction among us over such matters. Uh, that's, I, I think the way I read that is that it, in the time of uh, when this was written, uh, people of all many different faiths and agnostics and atheists came in. Uh, you know, what is friction? What is tension? Uh, I grew up in a, a home with a kind of traditional religion, went to the seminary for eight years and studied that religion and then left bitter uh, and, uh, in my disease and mad at the world and mad at, at religion. And uh, the 12 steps brought me back to faith. Uh, they, the meetings I used to go to, we, they talked about you make, make your own peace with your own God in your own time. And uh, that's what I've been able to do through the 12 steps. Uh, I find it challenging uh, sponsoring people who have no faith and there are more and more of them in the world these days 
people that are uh, who don't embrace institutional churches, uh, and this doesn't ask us to embrace an institutional church and religion. It asks us to have a spiritual experience, and it asks us to act as if there is a power greater than ourselves. And I think that's simple truth, that there is some power greater than me. Uh, and to put in the key of willingness, I, I find in discussions with, with new people, um, people trying to work the steps that, you know, if their higher power is nature or the group, uh, how they learn to pray and meditate uh, to that and to ask for help uh, and to build a relationship with that higher power of their own. And then that higher power continues to evolve. And, and my higher power evolves by working with them and talking with them about it. And, uh, you know, we, it's a place that says that love and tolerance is our code. And I, I think that really is the key to this, that, that uh, for me, the higher power ultimately comes down to a force for love and for good. And that I don't think a higher power wants us uh, suffering the way we suffer when we're in our disease. And so this process of 12 steps allows us to recover and to not be in that disease, to be recovered, uh, and then to pass it on. And love and tolerance is how we pass it on. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'd love to hear more about how people who have no uh, Faith in a personal God, uh, embrace this paragraph and and learn and work with people they sponsor about it because that would be very helpful to me. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tom A. Katie G. It's your turn, followed by Colleen M. Good morning, Katie. Lynn, thanks for taking the meeting. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. I mean, when I first came into the rooms, I was really obsessed about how this wasn't religion and it's not religion. And I, I grew up with a, a church that rejected my family by the time I was six. But, but those are the trees, right? Those are the trees and I disregarded the entire forest. And what I love about this paragraph is, yeah, this is a spiritual program. And book says, you know, be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Um, faith can be formed, can be acquired, you know, through simple and understandable terms. Like, God does not make too harsh terms with me who honestly seek him. And for a long time, out of a place of fear, I would hear people doing things differently than me and say, okay, you can't find God. You didn't do 60 minutes in your step five. You're done. I'm sorry. God's done with you. Right? Like I can be a big book theologian and, oh, you don't use, you use AA 12 and 12? Like how dare you? Right? But, but this, this, this paragraph is telling me, right, simple and understandable terms. Like we're all welcome in God's world. We're all, we're all riding up the path in our own path. Right? And, um, for me, for my, for the path that God has blessed me with, willing and honest means first of all, I'm done. First of all, I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food. And I cannot get to God if I have, if I don't have entire abstinence. And if that's not your truth, if you can find God in another way, that's fine. The doctor tells me that's not possible. I must have entire abstinence, right? And then I gotta be honest. 
I got to be honest. Am I willing to question daily my willingness to be willing? Am I, am I willing to say, I don't know? Am I willing to say, I am wrong? Those are the three hardest words an addict can say, right? And there's no, there's no friction in religion versus spirituality. And we're not here to slam each other for being part of a religion. And we're not here to slam each other because you're not. Because guess what? God's here for you. God's here for you. I feel like a, um, a talk show host. You have a God and you have a God and you have a God, right? But the way I have to get to God, if you're a low-bottom, anorexic, bulimic, compulsive, overeater, hardcore, hard-headed woman, right, I have to be honest, and I, and I follow the directions in the book. And then, you know, like the pe- previous paragraph said, I was so grateful last night on my gratitude list. I have a way of living. I suit up, show up, mess up, and do it again. Right? That's what I do. I, I, I God, thank God, stay entirely abstinent. And then I have a way of being an addict among a bunch of normal people and, and figuring it out one day at a time. And guess what? I get to hold God's hand, whether I feel it or not. God is here. He's not making too harsh terms with any of us. Why make harsh terms with him or each other? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Colleen M. It's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, trying to do this one day at a time. And um, I just really have appreciated the shares this morning. I wanted to hone in on living creator. I I struggled, struggled this time around um, with getting a relationship with my higher power. I had it in my younger years as far as a religion goes and thought I had got all figured out and coming back in this time around after many years of blaming God for everything that went wrong in my life um, and and kind of just uh, rejecting the um, the child of the church that I grew up, uh, the God of the church that I grew up in and um, everything that I knew about that higher power, um, as I grow and try to connect and have a relationship with the higher power that I am allowing my higher power to lead, um, <clears throat> you know, I feel like I'm kind of going back to, back in time as far as um, my youth. But I just love the idea of this God of mine being a living creator. Um, you know, it is not a foreign entity. It is with me at all times, even though I can't define it, try not to define it, um, tr- definitely can't understand it. I I know it's it's working in my life. For one, I'm becoming a different person, um, which I've tried to do for, you know, 50-some plus years and uh, with no avail. So, you know, I am changing slowly. I uh, wish it was quicker, but, um, and I certainly, and I haven't needed food to stuff my emotions for over three years now. So that is a miracle in itself. Um, so that's, that's really all I need, wanted to point out is, is my higher power today is all living, a living creator that is working in my life on a daily basis. And if I turn my will and life over on a daily basis all day long, then I have a shot at, um, this life that 
is far beyond anything I could have ever imagined for myself. So thank you for all, all for being there today, and I'll pass. Thank you, Colleen M. And for those of us who may have come online a little bit later, we are continuing our study of the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 28, the third paragraph, The Distinguished American Psychologist. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday of last week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Lucy V. Shlomi Kana. Ken W.H. Okay, I didn't hear that last person, but let me tell you who I did hear. I heard Lucy, Chuck K, Shlomi Hana B, and Ken W H. Who did I miss? Leslie W. Thanks, Leslie. Anyone else? Lou B. Lou B, as in Bob? Yes. Okay, great. I've got our lineup. Thank you. I've got Lucy, Chuck K, Shlomi Hana B, Ken W H, Leslie W, and Lou B. So was there a Lucy or was that, did I mishear that? That's Lucy V in Kentucky. Wonderful, Lucy. Thank you. Please go ahead. Hi, everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I'm reading this part this morning, and it's exactly where I'm at. Um, a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple, understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And like a week ago, I was just wrestling with this um, relationship. And my husband said something to me that reminded me of um, a prayer group we were part of like 15 years ago. And I just moved, so all of my books are packed. I don't have access to a lot of my books, and I'm a book lover. And it was just a very strange coincidence that I was able to put my hands on that book that we used to read. And there were five principles. And um, the first one was nothing happens accidentally and everything happens providentially. And um, we were talking about it, and I saw the one of the things was the whole thing that this this um, priest that we were with at the time, he was trying to communicate the spirituality of a child of God. And it was just one page describing the spirituality of a child of God and how you can, how the child runs to the father and how the father doesn't, you know, he can go to him and um, the father's always sensitive and loved. I just like went on and on about the spirituality of a child of God. And it made me think of later on in the book when we go to how it works, and it talks about, you know, we have a new director, you know, and um, he is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. And that's the type of spirituality. When we, when we put ourselves, we had a new employer being all powerful. He provided what we need. That's a way to approach God, too. But I realized, for me, it was like medicine for my soul to read about this 
spirituality of a child of God. And it was like, it's hard for me because I didn't have a loving, I mean, I had a loving father, but he was really wrapped up in his addictions and he wasn't really there for me. And so it's foreign to me to think of a loving father, although I have had very caring men um, along the way who have been very good to me. I had, I never had a father, a loving, you know, really great father relationship. So this week I've just been reading this page and going back to it and thinking, because I've had different sponsors say, create your own higher power. And so it's all sort of coming together for me where I realized having this spirituality is your approach to God, the way you want to approach God. And in my faith, we have different religious orders. The Dominicans do it this way. The Franciscans do it that way. The, you know, the Jesuits do it that way. And I realized these are all different ways and different, different, charisms, different ways to approach God. And, and I'm seeing that you would join the order that has the way that you want, you know. And um, so that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Lucy V. And Chuck K., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Chuck. Hey, good morning. This is Chuck from Georgia. I'm glad I can share this morning. And I'm glad you all are here with me. And I was thinking about the permission that I got in this paragraph, and that permission was to find my own God. And I I heard someone say that the only thing I needed to know was there was a God and it wasn't me. And I had a religious background, and I'm one of those that that struggled with this because I had been told all my life that, that you don't get to choose your own conception of God. And that if someone didn't believe the way you did, then they're going to be damned or they're going to be in big trouble or whatever they want to say. And I struggled with that for a long, long time. And now I know, and, and one of my first sponsors told me, I don't have the right to trample on someone else's spiritual walk. That is not what I'm here for. And I'm not to do that. And the more I think about it, that, that really lines up with what I believe is true. It is not my right. I don't want anybody to, to get in the way of the, me and the God of my understanding. And so I'm not to do that with other people. And so if I have a sponsee to tell me that, that they believe in the tree or nature or whatever it is, I'm fine with that. At my core, I'm fine with that. I don't care. Because I know God came through my stubborn brick wall that I had put up that I didn't even know was there and got to me. So I know God can get to anyone. And, and this paragraph reminds me of that. Now, the person has to do a little work, and that's what my job is. Like in everything else, my job is the footwork, and I find the footwork in the steps. I learn how the steps work to the best of my ability, and I share my strength, hope, and experience with that. And if somebody is struggling with God, there are a few things that we can do. But what I found most helpful is to teach, help them how to pray. Maybe not teach them, but practice prayer. Every time we speak, let's pray. Let's not be embarrassed or uncomfortable when we pray. And if we are, that's okay. Let's work through that. And I think that's, that's a good example of, of perfecting and enlarging my spiritual life, no matter where I am in that. So I'm thankful for these lessons. I'm thankful I'm not that person who is, looking down my nose at everyone else because they don't believe like I do. I know what that's like on the other end. I felt that pain. And I'm glad that I'm able to walk with someone hand in hand with these steps. And as these sponsees grow, 
guess what? So am I. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. So thanks for letting me share, and thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Chuck K. Shlomi Hanabi, it's your turn, followed by Ken W.H. Good morning, Shlomi. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everybody, for being on this line. I so appreciate each and every one of you. I'm Shlomi Hanabi from Philadelphia, and um, I love this paragraph. And the line that really spoke to me today is that um, this one that says, whatever our race, creed, or color, or color are the children of the living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms. And what that says to me is that not only do I have my own higher power, but every single person on this planet also has their own higher power. And that's a very important reminder for me because um, I can get into a lot of fear and worry, resentment towards other people, uh, particularly my children. You know, there's always a lot of fear of, you know, what's going to happen, what if, what if. And I'm always reminded by people in this program, by my sponsor, my current sponsor, my past sponsors, my fellows, that just as I have a higher power, so do they. And just as my higher power loves me unconditionally and has made so many miracles in my life, they have a higher power that loves them unconditionally and makes miracles in their lives too. Um, On page 88, one of my favorite lines is, um, we do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong one. Um, We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. And that tells me that as an addict, I cannot afford to OD on excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. I can't afford that. I had to keep an even keel. And that is something that I've been working on a lot lately, and it is not easy. It is really not easy. particularly with all the things going on in the world, I have had to really hone myself in and remind myself that even when there are people that I may have resentments at or institutions or principles, they also have a higher power that loves them. They are children of God just as I am. And I can take that resentment or their fear and I can turn it around and I can pray for them and love them and maybe not like what they're doing, but realize that they are children of God. And God is the Father. God is the Director. And God is the one who really is pulling the strings. God has the plan. We're just the players. So um, I'm grateful to be reminded of that this morning. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Shlomi Hana B. Ken WH, it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Please go ahead, Ken. Thanks so much. Uh, my name's <clears throat> Ken W.H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Um, I spent uh, many years in study, graduate study, um, about God. And um, in the midst of that study, uh, I was on a horrendous dry drunk from alcohol and in the food. Um, 
my intellect was not going to keep me sane, ultimately. What I'm so grateful for is that the book isn't that uh, William James wrote is entitled The Varieties of Religious Experiences, not Variety of Religious Dogma. And what that tells me and what I had to come to and the place I had to come to was it wasn't so much about throwing out uh, my uh, intellectual faith, if you will, but it was understanding that God is something that ultimately is not understandable by me. Uh, If I understood God, I am God. And God is not what I need if it's the one that I have come to understand. Um, I need to keep that sense of mystery constantly before me, that, that God is beyond anything I can know. All I need to know is what the book says early on in the book when it says that the purpose is to find a power greater than myself that will solve my problem. That's the issue here. How God is defined is irrelevant to that proposition. There is a God. I'm not it. There is a power greater than me because it better be greater than me or I'm not going to be recovered. I'm not going to be sober. Um, that's critical for me. I have to kind of laugh. I was heard a meeting recently where someone was uh, reading this paragraph and they misspoke. It was kind of funny those having religious afflictions. Well, (laughs) the reality is that a whole lot of people have grown up with religion, if you will, done badly. And and I just embrace that and know that to be true. Um, That doesn't make religion bad. It just means that something has been done less than effectively and less than empowering. So um, I just let God be God uh, however God is, and I still have so much to learn about that, and just trust that that power is the one that will solve my problem with food. Thanks for letting me share. Great to be here, and I pass. Thank you, Ken W.H. Leslie W., it's your turn, followed by Lou B. Please go ahead, Leslie. Thank you so much. I'm Leslie W., a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. I really appreciate the fact that um, those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. Um, I'm not coming into the rooms trying to force other people to believe as I do, and other people are not trying to force me to believe as they do. And that is a great relief, and it it is a um, beautiful position of neutrality and a safe place because I grew up in South Georgia and Southern Baptist. um, And, you know, there was only one way. (laughs) There was only one way. (laughs) And, And that, there was no room for um, tolerance there was no there, there was no tolerance for other religions or other um, ways of, of living 
and I do the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and probably a lot of you connect with. I, I just felt like I was abandoning my faith. I felt like, you know, um, it was almost sacrilegious. I felt a lot of guilt and shame um, in the beginning because I was belo- I belonged because I was in the middle of an organization which people didn't, you know, refer to God as God. It, it was higher power or frogs or something else that I, I just absolutely could not understand. I could wrap my head around that. Um, but I know today that I can truly exist and appreciate all faiths and all religions, and I have tolerance. I have a lot of tolerance, thank you, God, for people who are different than me. And I'm I'm not trying, I'm not so insecure in my faith that when someone talks to me about their faith or what they believe or they don't believe and it's contradictory to me that I feel threatened. I used to feel very threatened by that, but I'm so threatened by that. And that is a gift to know who I am and what I believe. And I'm so thankful that this program and this this book and has allowed me to have a safe place to discover that for myself. And that's what it's all about. And I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leslie W. Lou B., it's your turn. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. This is Lou B. I'm in Texas. Okay, Lou, we can't hear you. Sorry, you sound like you're in a tunnel. Okay, is this better? A little bit, but not much. There, you're getting better now. Thank you. Okay, okay. How about this? Perfect. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I am Lou B. I'm a comp- recovered compulsive overeater and I live in Texas. I'm so grateful to be able to share on this paragraph this morning. Um, so, the first thing that I want to talk about is that there is a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. You know, I mean, the first thing I learned about my higher power in these rooms is that I get to define what my higher power is. But what this paragraph tells me is that there's a multitude of ways in which we each can discover our higher powers, right? I mean, we've discovered them through nature or, you know, sitting in an uncomfortable position quietly, <laughs> um, just lots of different ways, right? And 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 I believe that um, each of our higher powers are powerful enough to reveal themselves to us in a way that speaks personally to each of us. And, you know, I don't know how my higher power is going to reveal himself to me in further and further, you know, depths of, of love and intimacy as we grow old together, as I grow old with him. I don't know how that's going to unfold. And I certainly don't know how that's going to be for anybody else. Um, and that gives me so much comfort because what that means is I don't need to know. I don't need to know what, what I need to be doing. Um, and I don't need to know what anybody else needs to be doing, um, particularly my sponsees, because I think that's where in these rooms, you know, I hear it over and over and over, nothing I can do can get somebody abstinent and nothing I can do um, can, what is it, the opposite of that, (laughs) it makes somebody go back out, you know. So as a sponsor, this is great news to me because I can 
what this does is it allows me and everybody that I work with in the rooms to do it the way that um, we and our higher power are working working it working through it you know and I'm so the other thing in the paragraph that that is wonderful for me to hear this morning is that um, where does it say it simple and understandable terms you know I uh, I don't know if it's my humanness my uh, the way I was raised my addiction I don't know what causes me to be this way but you know I I think I, if I differ with somebody, I think I'm doing it wrong. You know, I'm the one who's doing it wrong. And um, it really feels great this morning to know that, you know, these very simple and understandable terms that we're giving he- given here in this book and in these steps are a, um, if you will, like generic approach that everybody can use in in all these multitudes of ways that, um, you know, we're going to be taken to our higher power. So I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude this morning, and I'm so grateful to be in a group of people who are studying this book and and who are teaching me these simple and understandable terms, you know, um, and, and the actions that 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 I can take to, to, to find my, my way to my higher power, which is what I need each and every day because he does for me what I can't do for myself. And that is, um, you know, keep the food down and, uh, stay recovered. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Lou B. And we do have time for one quick two minute share. If somebody would like that spot. Janice M. Okay, Janice, please go ahead and it's a quick share, okay? Thanks, yeah. Um, I'm Janice M. from Philadelphia, and I just wanted to share the thing that struck me um, when we read this was that the ways I approach God, the ways I connect to God, even through my recovery, evolves. Um, I was thinking about how my morning practice has changed, and, uh, you know, it talks about there's many ways of connecting to God, and I was just thinking how that can even be in my recovery. That can, that can change over time. It's fluid, and um, that's a beautiful thing. So that's it. Perfect. Thank you, Janice M. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Monday, January 11th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 16171. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. 
abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.